0: Ladies, it's good to be with you this morning. Um, Not good to be at this side of the pulpit. Um, I would rather be sitting back there, um, but I'm here today. Um, But it's good to be here and join with you and those on podcast as well. Um, I've very much been enjoying our study in 1 Peter. It's been such an encouragement and a blessing to my heart. Um, And again studying for this week just the Lord I feel has been speaking to me in ways that I probably won't share with you today some of the things he's been speaking to my heart because they're personal but just how God's been speaking to my heart has just been um, amazing and just a blessing and sometimes we don't realize when we are preparing that sometimes it's us that God wants to speak to not just you down there but, but us and so this has been a great time for me just getting in God's word and and studying and, and praying through God's word that he would just give me the words to say to you today but also speak into my heart which he has done so as we come to first Peter 2 13 to 25 um I think all of us probably when we get our passage probably look at and go oh no I got this one well I definitely did that this time I like Lord why this one um but then I look at some of the other passages and like okay I'm glad I didn't get that one so that's okay so, <laughs> But uh, two weeks ago, Barb was shared from the first part of First Peter two. We talked about the things um, we do. Um, verse eleven. Um, sorry, bear with me. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts with wage war against the soul. Keep your behaviour excellent among the Gentiles, so that is the thing in which they slander you as evildoers. They may be they may because of you, your good works, your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of salvation. So because of our good deeds in the way that we live before the world, that it would bring glory to God um, and salvation to the hearts of the unbeliever. We now um, are going to this morning turn to First Peter 2, um, 13 to 25. And here Peter turns our eyes to submission, submission to earthly authorities, um, be that government or in the workplace, or later, as we hear from Rebecca, in the home in our marriage, all to bring glory to God. And so we're going to turn to those verses, and we're going to read them together this morning, 1 Peter two thirteen to 25 Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bondservants of God. Honour all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favour if, for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience, but if, when you do what is right, and suffer for it. You patiently endure it. This finds favour with God. For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live the righteousness. For by his wounds we were healed. For you were continually strained like sheep, But now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Ladies, let's just pray before we look into this passage today. Father, we thank you, God, that we are able to come and study your words. We thank you, Lord, that this is your word. And Lord, you have used um, Peter to to speak to us um, and what way you want us to live and how you want us to live in society. And, Lord, how it is to glorify you um, and to bring honour to you, God. And we pray, Lord, that this morning you would excuse me, your servant, Lord. Um, help me, Lord. Give me the words to say. And, Lord, just open our hearts, Lord, to hear from you and to understand, Lord, what you are saying to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to break this down into some questions, um, and you may go. I've got five questions, but hopefully it will not take you long to go through those five questions. By what are we called to, or what does this, and what does that look like? Um, secondly, who do we submit to? Thirdly, why? Why is it we do this? And then again, we come. And we go to who? Who is it we submit to again? And then the why it is that we do this, and what is the reason that God has called us to do this? So, firstly, we are going to be looking um, at what are we called to? We are called to submit to kings, governments, and authorities. As we look in verse Thirteen, it says, "Submit yourself." for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Well, let's first look at what that means. What does it mean to submit? Well, if we look at the Google meaning of submission, um, it is the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or the will or authority of another person to be compliant to that person. Person. Submit is also a military term meaning to arrange in military fashion under the commander, to put oneself in an attitude of submission. Then we can look at the biblical meaning of and submission and biblically to submit means putting others before yourself it means not always doing what we want to do it means putting God's desires before your desires because it is God who has called us to submit to these things so who is it that Peter here is saying that we are to submit to Well, clearly here, Peter has said that we are to, for the Lord's sake, to submit to all authorities and governments. As we look there in verse 14, we read already. Peter says that these authorities are sent by God for the punishment of evildoers and praise of those who do right. They are sent by God for a reason. To keep the world from falling apart under sin. Because if we did not have any authorities or governments or rules or the other laws, then we would just do whatever we want, right? And what would a world with no laws and no rules, no governments, look like? Well it would look pretty chaotic, right? And everybody would just be running around probably killing and stealing and doing whatever they want. Because we have laws and we have governments and we have rulers over us, then we have to keep them. Um, And God has called those people, he has sent them, and sometimes that's hard for us to accept, that God has called these governments into place. But God has called them into place. Just as it said there in verse 14, they are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do right. And so in God sending these governments and these authorities and these rulers over us we are then to submit to them and to keep the laws of the land, keep the laws of our towns, keep the laws that are around us so that our world does not fall apart under the sin that is in our hearts. So Peter was not only was not the only one who said that we are to submit to earthly authorities. Jesus himself in Matthew 22:21 said in answer to a question, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So he was saying that we were to give to the authorities what is theirs, but also we are to give to God what is his, giving our life to him in submission. Paul also in Romans 13 verses 1 to 3 and verse 5 says let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is not authority there is not an authority that exists that are not appointed by God so he's saying here that all authorities exist because they are appointed by God both Peter and Paul wrote this in the days of the Roman Empire, and it was not a democracy, and there was no, they were no special friend to Christians. Yet he still recognized the legitimate authority of the Roman government. The Jews of that time did not always recognize the authorities of kings or governments. They only give to God. They only paid their taxes. To God, they only give what they thought was to go to God. They didn't give to the authorities and the kings that were in place at that time. So then you have Jews who become Christians and you have the Gentiles coming together. And here now, Peter, both Peter and Paul, are saying because God has laid it on their hearts that they are to submit to these authorities. And so should we. It is not always easy but it is right and it is what God has called us to do. Last week Wyatt talked about Daniel and his friends and how they refused to obey the king's dietary regulations but the way that they did this proved that they honoured the king and respected the authorities. Peter and the other apostles faced a similar situation and challenge shortly after Pentecost. We can read about it in Acts four um, to five. The Jewish council commanded them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. But Peter and the other apostles refused to obey. We can read about that in Acts four nineteen. But they didn't cause a rebellion. Or in any way question or deny authority of the council. They submitted to the institution. But refused to stop preaching. And if you read that passage you can see how then the council then. Listened to them. Saw that they respected them. And then allowed them to go on preaching at that time. And so they showed respect to the leaders. Even though these men we're opposed to the gospel. We may, we may not respect the man or the woman in office or in power, but we still have to respect they are in that position, that they are the ones who are governing over our lands and us at this time. But they cannot make us disobey God's law Or his word. Because God has said. That yes we are to submit to them. But we are under. God's law. And we are free. So this brings us to the why. In verse 15 to 17. It answers that question. Um, For such is the will of God. That by doing right. You may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. So we are to do this because it is the will of God and because we are servants of God. And so that it will silence the foolish. Wearsby has said these two phrases are important. The will of God in verse 15 and the servants of God in verse 16. When we do something in the will of God as the servants of God, then we are doing it for the Lord's sake. God has willed willed we silence the critics, the foolish, by doing good not by op- opposing the authority the word silence in first peter two fifteen is literally muzzle as though the pagan critics were like a pack of yelping snapping dogs <clears throat> so peter realized what these authorities were like he realized that they were against them and did not want them to preach the gospel did not want them to follow God's way, but he also realized, well, we were to silence them by submitting to them and respecting the laws of the land. You know, our prime minister and our governments may want to silence us as Christians, but in us submitting to them, we will actually silence them and give them nothing to hold against us. I feel sometimes in, in Canada or in, in other, even in, in Ireland and, and in Britain, that sometimes we can give the governments and those around us a lot to criticize us by. As Christians in the way that we react to the laws. Or the way that we react to what the government is doing at that time. Yes we may not be happy. And yes we may not agree. We're not asked to support what they're doing. And to, to, to go and to do something that is against God's law and God's word. But we are asked to submit to them. And so we are to do this as free men. We are to do this because to use our freedom from sin and freedom in Christ. We're not to use that to hide sin or to get away with breaking the law. But we are to use our freedom to submit to the governments that are around us. So that we can silence them. That they can see that we have done nothing that warrants their criticism, that warrants them holding and saying those Christians just do whatever they want and they respect nothing that the government of their land wants them to do. When you look at some of the persecuted churches in the world, when you look at China and you look at some of these countries, and you see how many Christians have went to jail or have died for their faith, They have done it, one, because, well, they are free in Christ. And they're living for Christ. But they have also done it because they have not stood up and said things against the government. But they have literally stood up and said, I cannot do that because I cannot renounce Christ. Right? They won't renounce Christ. They're not getting up and saying, I won't wear a mask. So they're put in jail. Right? Right? or i won't do whatever it is they're doing it because they will not renounce their faith and their freedom in christ their salvation and so we here in the western world in canada we're not being persecuted like that but sometimes we act like it and we talk like it like we are under the worst persecution ever i hear sometimes people talking and sometimes i can even say it myself say things you know like how hard it is to live in Canada and, and how you know hard off we are and how persecuted we are and we are not persecuted because we still can stand up and live as Christians and go to church and be together we do not have to renounce the name of Christ maybe someday we will that day may come but right now we do not and so we live as free men we don't cover our sin under our salvation and do whatever we want in this land and in this world. But I don't have to follow the laws of the land. Like I could say, I, I, you know, I don't have to, you know, obey the, the rules of the road and, you know, do the speed limits. I can drive at whatever speed I want. But then when I have a car accident and they say, well, I was on my way to church and I was late, Right? That was why I was speeding. It doesn't really look like a good witness, does it? When you say that you're on your way to church, that was why you broke the law, and that was why you were speeding. And sometimes we can be like that. We can use these excuses for us doing things that are breaking the law. But God has called us as Christians to live as free men, but not to hide under our freedom. Christian freedom is not to be used as an excuse for self-indulgence or a license to do whatever we want. Peter knew that our conduct is a way to defend the gospel. He knew that those who never read the Bible will read our lives. So it is by doing good that we put to silence, the ignorance of foolish men. So Peter says in verse 17, we are to honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. Now I'm not going to go into detail of this verse, um, but one thing I did notice was that we were to honor all people and we were to honor the king. But look at the change in words of the two inner ones. We're to love the brotherhood. So the brotherhood is the church, is our church family. And we're to fear God. We're to honour and respect those other things. But we are to love our church. We are to love our Christian family. We are to fear God and live under that fear of God, not fear of man. And so sometimes when we do not feel like maybe... Doing what we are told to do in our land, we come back to, do I fear God? And am I loving my church family by honoring those in the world around me? So we submit to silence those who speak against the faith. We submit because we are free and we use our freedom to do good But most of all, to bring glory to God. To bring glory to our Heavenly Father. That is why we submit. We're not saying it's easy. Was it easy for Peter? Was it easy for Paul? Was it easy for Daniel? No. But we are called to submit because of our freedom in Christ. And to bring God glory. Next, we're going to turn to um, a call to submission of masters. And we're looking at verse 18 to 20. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Well, let's look a little at the history of a statement from peter and who he was talking to well peter was addressing probably a lot of christian servants there was probably slaves and servants here who had become christians but they were still slaves to a master they were still servants to a master and so he was addressing them um, And in the midst here, again, he stresses the importance of submission. Some of those early Christians thought because of their spiritual freedom in Christ, they were free to do whatever they wanted in their workplace or wherever it was that they were a servant. Peter wanted them to know that it is important to submit to their master, good or bad. Peter makes great emphasis on with all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. I can't imagine how some of these Christian servants were treated by their masters. I can't imagine that they were treated very well sometimes. Yes, maybe some of them had good masters and their masters were good to them. And respected that they were Christians. But maybe some of these servants and these Christian slaves had masters who were cruel to them and would whip them and would make them do things um, that they didn't want to do. But here, um, Peter is saying to them that they are to endure, that they are to, um, to submit We may, we may not be servants and have cruel masters, but most of us maybe um, have employers and co-workers um, that may not always be the easiest to work with or under. Maybe we are treated wrongly or different because we are Christians. If we must endure hardship because of our Christian standards, It is then commendable before God. What a witness we can be in the workplace when we stand up for what we believe but also submit to our employers or those over us. Even when they don't treat us fairly or right, we will find favour with God and bring him glory, not ourselves. So it's not us that we are wanting to bring glory. And sometimes, I don't know how many of you are working and, and have an employer or a co-worker who, who gives you a hard time, who maybe throws things at you because you're a Christian. But does that mean that we then, we do whatever we want because we're being treated unfairly? Um, I remember somebody said to me one time, do everything with joy. Do everything to glorify God. Do everything like someone is watching your every move so that they have nothing to throw back at you. Well, may that be turning up to work on time. May that mean that everything you do, you do it so that there's nothing that they can turn against you. Because ultimately, we do it to bring glory to God. And not to ourselves. And not to the employers or the masters. We do it um, to bring glory to him. So then, why do we submit to our masters? And what better example we have than Jesus. We We turn to 21 to 25. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. We are called as followers of Christ to be his um, light in this world. He is our example. He is the one that we follow. Here Peter is reminding them of what Christ has done for them but also how he did it and in what attitude he did it for you have been called for this purpose we have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered so we are called to suffer because Christ has suffered for us leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. When Jesus was reviled, he did not revile back. But in his suffering, he committed himself to the Father. He suffered not because of anything he had done or said. He was without sin, yet he was exposed to wrongdoing and suffering so must we respect, ex, expect the same, that we will suffer for the sake of the cross and bear it in the same spirit. Spurgeon said, Which hour do you think of the suffering of the Lord from Gethsemane to Golgotha would be the most deeply engraved upon the memory of Peter? Surely it would be that space of time in which he was mocked in the hall of the high priest. When Peter sat and warmed his hands at the fire. When he saw his Lord abused and was afraid to own that he was his disciple. And by and by became so terrified that with profane language he declared, I know not this man. So long as life lingered, the apostle would remember the meek and quiet bearing of his suffering, Lord. Could you imagine? Peter had watched Jesus suffer. Yet he, at that time, he did not stand up and say that he was a disciple of Jesus. But he saw how Jesus acted in the face of suffering and cruelty and beating. Saw so how Jesus did not revile. How he did not say anything. How he was quiet and meek. And what an example that was to Peter as he lived in the world. As he lived Before those who wanted to stop him preaching the gospel. As he lived before those who did not believe that Jesus was the son of God. Peter remembered how Jesus lived in the face of suffering. And so he now is reminding us that this is our call. To live as Jesus and to suffer as Jesus. Did. In verse twenty three to twenty five, Peter reminds us that Jesus is not only our standard or example in His life, but He was also our substitute in His death, as He says there, um, and He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sin, and live. To righteousness, for by his wounds we are healed. You know, we are called to bear that example of Christ because he has been our substitute in taking and bearing our sin, so that when we do suffer, we can suffer with Christ because Christ has already saved us and forgiven us and then finally Peter turns and he reminds them that Jesus is the watchful shepherd in heaven watching over us and being our guardian he is the shepherd and guardian of our soul the world is watching us But the shepherd is also watching over us. So we have nothing to fear. What can man do to us? We can submit to him and know that he will work everything together for our good and his glory. I just want to end with some words of Wearsby. I couldn't word it any better, so I just thought I would quote it. Um, and he said here is the wonderful truth Peter wanted to share as we like God as we live godly lives and submit in times of suffering we are following Christ's example and becoming more like him we submit and obey not only for the sake of the lost souls and for the Lord's sake but also for our own sake, that we might grow spiritually and become more like Christ. That's what God wants. He doesn't ask us to submit to authorities and masters because he wants to put us under the thumb of another person. He does that so that he would be glorified and he would be honoured. And in that, we would grow in our relationship with Christ in our suffering if we always had life good we would have no reason to turn to god because our eyes would be turned to all the things around us right we would be so content in what we have that our eyes would be taken off christ but in our suffering our eyes are brought back to christ and our eyes are brought back to how he lived how he died and how he is still watching over us, and how he will always be our shepherd. Thank you, ladies, for listening this morning i There was so much more um in that passage that I ran out of time, and so <laughs> and i 'm still over time as I always am, but I'm just going to pray, and then there is some discussion discussion questions there um for you and your groups as well. So let's just pray before we have that time. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your truths. And Father, we thank you that you um, are wanting to speak to us. And Lord, you're wanting us, Lord, um, to submit to those around us. Um, even when it's hard. But so that we bring glory to you. And Lord, that um, Lord, that the foolish and the critics and those around us. Who seek to put us down that they would be silenced <clears throat> and Lord, that they, Lord, would also be brought to salvation and brought to a place where they recognize who you are and Lord, what you have done for them and that they can receive salvation too. So Father, just be with us today. Help us as we spend this time um, discussing um, this passage together. Amen. <clears throat>